there's only girls just want to have fans and people who haven't seen it. Okay. Did I say girls just want to have fans? Yeah, you did, but I thought you were doing... That's amazing. I'm going to start a fan club and call it that. I thought you were just, like, doing a cool truncation of the title. I was. I promise I was. This is Totally Obsessed with Dan DeBoot. Talking to interesting people about that interesting thing that interests them. Hello, this is episode eight of Totally Obsessed with Dan DeBoof. It's me, Dan DeBoof, the guy who you just heard and who you hear at the start of every episode of this podcast. And welcome. I hope you're going well. As always, remember, uh, I'm at Dan DeBoof on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and I love your feedback about the show. I love hearing about the things you're obsessed with and... Uh, the tip-offs about the things that people out there are obsessed with, who I can interview. Keep them coming. And also, any positive feedback on iTunes, store, etc., greatly appreciated. Eight episodes in, and I'm uncovering all sorts of things about people who I know, people who I don't know very well, people I've worked with, people I haven't worked with. Uh, Today's guest is Joe Thornley. Uh, you might know her as a writer. Her bio says she's written opinion pieces, articles, and recaps for over 10 years, featuring in and on Marie Claire, news.com.au, Yahoo 7, The Women's Weekly, King's Tribune, The Punch, and Madison. But she also has stuff in paper form as well because she wrote Air, Kiss, and Tell uh, with Charlotte Dawson, and her upcoming book is Zealot which is a book about cults. It's a spin-off from her podcast, Zealot, uh, which I appeared on at the start of this year. And Joe has also been on my Game of Thrones podcast, Valar Podcasters. So it was only natural that I would get her in here to do an episode of Totally Obsessed. You might also know Joe from her Twitter at Joe Thornley. That's Thorn E L Y, uh, which is a mistake I have made in the past. So she'll be glad I'm correcting that here and now. E L Y. She tweeted a lot about The Bachelor back when I was tweeting about it as well. So there are so many things that I've mentioned now that you know that she's into. What is her topic? It is the 1985 romantic comedy dance. Smash hit! Girls just want to have fun. You might not have heard of the movie. I hadn't heard of it. Joe is obsessed with it. If you Google it, the Wikipedia section uh, for the movie uh, titled Reception says the film received generally poor to mixed reviews. While certain critics considered the cheesiness factor a reason to watch the film, others said this was not a successful addition to the genre 80s teen movie. Joe heartily disagrees. And I tell you what, when she explains what happens in this movie and just how important it is to the 80s, the mind boggles as to why critics reacted that way. I don't know. I still haven't watched it. And part of me kind of doesn't want to after listening to this podcast and hearing what happens in this movie, the things that happened in it that have gone on to happen in so many movies since, the people who are in it, not just the stars, Helen Hunt and Sarah Jessica Parker, but the people who crop up in cameos and stuff like that. 
It's an absolute mind boggler that I hadn't heard of it before. Well, now I have, and now you will too. This is Totally Obsessed, Episode 8, Joe Thornley, and she is obsessed with the 1985 classic dance movie, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. You're here to talk about um, girls just want to have fun, not wanna. Not wanna. And I, I'm looking at the DVD right now in front of myself in my hands. Is this an important movie to you or? Well, you will find that Girls Just Want to Have Fun shares a little bit of a platform with movies like Grease 2 in that the people that connect to those movies instantly include anyone else that connects like into their tribe. So, if you were at someone's house yes. and you just looked at the bookshelf and just saw sitting there the DVD spine saying, girls just want to have fun. I would... Sh- and, and girls and fun are in capitals. Yeah. I would sprint to the owners Host, yeah. or leaseholders of that place yeah. and just go, whose is it? Who am I talking to? Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. it's really likely that we would just separate ourselves. And can I just say, and I'm not understating this. It- <laughs> That's what people say before they say the most hyperbolic stuff, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this is, it's a movie from 1985. And it really, it lays the groundwork for almost every dance movie trope there is. Okay, so let's start, before we get to your personal experience with this seminal and awesome 87 minutes of mm. cinema. Mm. Um, and by the way, like, are you listening to me, Marvel Cinematic Universe? Like, 87 minutes. Snappy. They didn't need any more to tell this amazing tale. I'm not being sarcastic. I started Ben-Hur two nights ago (laughs) and I can't bring myself to finish it. Um, so, for those minority of people who haven't seen Girls Just Want to Have Fun with Helen Hunt and Sarah Jessica Parker... Can you give us like a sizzle, like a trailer that you create yourself right now, like a um, like a plot, Ooh. like a like to get everyone listening just in the mood. Good girl Janie meets meets cool girl Lynn. Okay, and, and they, who's the good girl? Helen Hunt. No, good girl is one hundred percent SJP. Helen Hunt is a cool girl that wears a variety of amazing hats and hair clips shaped like grasshoppers, coon hounds, and dinosaurs. <sighs> It's amazing. It's like you've got dinosaur hair clips, you've got hats, you've got... Helen Hunt is known in this, whoever styled her, hallelujah, as fashion icon. On the way to babysitting, she turns her Catholic uniform skirt inside out so it changes from tartan to pleather (sighs) on the bus. Isn't that like um, a lot of those sort of um, 80s kind of movies and stuff like... The kids were always pulling stunts like that. Like, you know, they'd have like the, the part of the fence they could lift up and get through or you're like, Absolutely. I've sewn pleather into the back of my skirt. Or like, and you're always like, oh man, I want to pull stunts like that. Like the Ferris Bueller fake sleep kind of thing. But mate, we're not even joking because at that, at this, at the point where she's, this is how Janie good girl and Lynn cool girl become friends. Cause on the bus. That's their surnames. Yeah, the that's right. Yeah. Lynn says, Cover me. So, Janie holds her blazer out so that Lynn can get changed into her pleather skirt by turning the inside out. But 
it's it's the, the fastener is Velcro. So it's the most 80s thing that has ever been oh, said out. in a movie ever. She says Velcro. Next to Tab and the Walkman, it is the coolest invention of the 20th century. Oh! Is that not the greatest thing you have ever heard? That is a fantastic 80s sentence. And we're about... We're less than eight minutes into the movie. But, so, good girl Janie moves to Chicago and... The city of dance. That's right. Cool girl Lynn takes her under her wing because... They both love dance TV, which is made in Chicago. And on her first day at school, was this supposed to be more succinct? No, no, I'm loving this. On her first day at school, Janie goes to Lynn's babysitting job with her and watches TV. And that's when they announce that dance TV is auditioning for the new dance TV couple. So, they're the unlikely duo. They audition for the dance show. Well, the thing is... Janie the good girl, she's an army brat. She's got a strict army father. Played by, insert anonymous that, 80s yeah, actor here. That guy that you've seen. Oh, him. I know. Yes. He doesn't want her fraternising at night. He doesn't want her, like, except for the occasional supervised school activity, no going out or rehearsing yeah, at okay. night. And you've got plenty of time for a social life when you're 18, young lady. Also, this was filmed... This is supposed to be my synopsis, but I'm just going rogue. Yeah, it's great. Okay. Uh, This was filmed the year after Sarah Jessica Parker was in Footloose. Okay. But she looks about five years younger. And the entire movie is just a struggle between her curly hair and primitive 1985 hair straightening products. Yep. So, not only does she have to lie and sneak out of her bedroom window to go to the audition... And she's kind of, she has to go in her Catholic school uniform that she hasn't turned inside out into pleather like her cool friend Lynn. Then she meets a boy. She's paired up with Jeff Mullane. Jeff Mullane. Jeff Mullane is a dreamboat. Of course. And we first meet him when he's topless playing basketball with Drew, played by Jonathan Silverman of... Weekend at Bernie's fame. Wow. But then in comes bratty little sister, Shannon Doherty. Far out. <laughs> yeah. It's like this movie was built in a lab. Shannon- it's like the Voltron of all the 80s stuff all coming together. You're not wrong, Dan. And Shannon Doherty at the open call auditions where everyone lines up for a number and there's no rhyme or reason. People just start dancing when they want to. I'm so excited because I just remembered a much later bit that you're going to love. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, all right. I know. Uh, one of the most oft-quoted things from this movie... Wait, when you say oft-quoted, what do you mean? Like, by you? By by the, all those people that see the DVDs on oh, each yeah, other's shelves right, and go, right. oh, my God. That you've met throughout your life. Yeah, yeah, and whenever I mention girls just want to have fun on... See how I enunciated that Got to pronounce that, that T? Yeah, 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 yeah. On Facebook, which I do quite often... Uh, people will come back at me with this quote. And when Shannon Doherty has got a swipe of red uh, blush on and her hair done a bit differently to turn up just to watch the auditions, uh, Jonathan Silverman's character, Drew, doesn't recognise her and calls her a punk. And she says, 
Oh my god, you really think I'm punk? I mean, it's not as cool as New Wave, but it's a lot better than preteen. Oh, it's the greatest ever. It sounds like this is like an Aladdin's cave of just wonderful 80s treasures. When did you first watch it? When did you first see this movie? In 1985. So when it came out? At the cinema. Is that why it's special to you? I don't know why, and I don't know why... So, you saw it when in, in the 80s when it first came out, so it was like, holy shit, right? Or it was just no, like, yeah, actually, just then it's it, just ju- it was just another movie, and it wasn't... But then it built. One, every other dance movie came out, and it was like, this so has how elements... how far ahead are we going? Are we 10 years ahead now? Because dance movies, I mean, like... Yeah, they were really a 90s thing. So, did we did this lie dormant inside you for 10 years? No, because there were other little... Like, Breakin' happened first. Of course. Yeah. But then, <laughs> you know, you had the 80s things which were Footloose and Flashdance and they just predated it. But they had different stories. And it wasn't until late 80s, early 90s where all these transformative, you know, good girl realizes her sexuality there's a nerdy best friend there's this thing there's this against adversity dancing will get us through dancing's pure yeah we'll finally get there and there's always an evil rich bitch um this paved the way for all of that yeah and let's just say that the trope in dance movies where good girl and tough boy who arrives everywhere on his motorbike in his leather jacket. And they, they enrage each other, but and he's they're all, drawn towards yeah, each other. and he's also yeah. got the factory working dad and the mum's dying. Why you gotta go dancing? Why you dancing? Yeah, what about, you gotta have a skill, Jeff. What about trade school? So it's a bit like Derek Zoolander in the coal mine. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. So they're trying, but of course the thorn in their side is Natalie, the rich bitch. Played by... Holly Gainier, I think, it because it's spelt sort of Gagnier. Oh, yeah, Gagné, like we Yeah, in she French. plays yeah. Natalie, who is the bad villain girl, with her father, J.P. Uh, Sands, who is the bad villain guy. But Holly was in the first series of Baywatch. Okay, great. But not yep. in a swimming costume. As like a and woman with ice cream number three or? No, but she was a regular. She was oh, some okay, kind yeah. of, I think she had a crystal shop or something. She has her uh, debutante party. So she invites Jeff, but Janie and Lynn aren't invited. Uh, So Janie and Lynn, they go to all the places where the punks and the female bodybuilders and the cross-dressers hang out and they hand out all these invitations. And I'm not sure why they need to print them an invitation because it turns out that they just crash through the windows and push down the doors and cause havoc. This is after Drew the Nerd has felt up the ice sculpture of Natalie the Rich Bitch. But this is the bit you're going to love. At one point... I'm sorry. This is the bit I'm going to love? Yes. There's one guy that tries to do the tablecloth trick on one of the fancy tables. Yeah. And he's usurped (laughs) by a guy who's under the table... And just stands up and tips the entire table off. And that guy is an uncredited Robert Downey Jr. No! Yes! Look at my face! I can see your face! Wow! It totally is. And Robert Downey Jr. and Sarah Jessica Parker were a couple in the 80s. Yeah. At that time. 
Wow. Yeah. It's, so this movie is basically the start of every single other movie. But I realised that I sort of know every line of this movie okay. by about 1997. And, and many of the dance moves. Because I used to... Did you know I used to be a podium dancer? Absolutely not. My sister, because we're twins, and because we used to, we did ballet, jazz, tap, the whole thing. But what do you and mean? And then we like, learned like hip hop stuff, nightclubs, nightclubs, but cl- the clothes kinds. When everyone in the nineties had, like, and mostly sort of late nineties, everyone had dancers. Where were those? We got paid to dance on podiums. Was your twin sister also a fan of this movie? One hundred. And did you guys watch it for the first time together in the 80s or? I've only watched it maybe four times without her. Wow. And one of them was in preparation for this podcast. Yeah. Um, Do you reckon that this movie has, like, for you, Mm. spoilt other movies that came later? Because there are other movies, like there might be other movies, like say Dirty Dancing or whatever, that people see as their most important movie, but you saw this one first and it, it kind of beat them to the... It's hard to tell because it's always been a fundamental part of my chemistry. Okay. So, maybe, but the combination of... The problem is the acting's really good. And in the couple of cases, like Natalie the villain, where the acting isn't good, I love how it you say that really stands out. Also, she, I don't know if you know about, have you watched Clueless? Oh, gee. Um, maybe like little bits okay. when it was on the Foxtel movie channel. People that have know that one of the proper, oh, this is a rich girl things, is that Cher in Clueless, has a remote control rotating wardrobe. Yeah. Do you know who had the first remote control rotating no wardrobe? No way! Rich bitch Natalie from Girls Just oh, Want to Have Fun. It's such a trope originator. It's, if nothing else, and it is everything else as well, that is what it is. Do Plus think- the acting's good, so you get into it and you cheer when good things happen and you boo when bad things happen. Have you tried to get other people to watch this? Have you seen Yes, but and? it's often to guys that I'm trying to seduce. So you would literally so it's not good. like you would say to a guy, come over, let's have a movie night and you no, put it's girls usually everyone's over anyway and I'm like, Hey, let's watch I've really I have to rethink that. I have to rethink that. How's it going for you? Badly. It's not like you're turning up to bars with a little DVD player in your pocket and no, being like No. Hey. <laughs> it's not doing anywhere as Anywhere near as well as can I? No, I can't say. Were you just about to say one of your moves like <laughs> mid record, and then you were like, Wait, if I say one of my moves, then everyone who's been subjected to that move will know it was a move and not a fun piece of spontaneity? That is almost word for word my, pro- my thought process. <laughs> so, this movie is like. A lot of the way your brain works or your thought patterns have been informed by what you saw in this movie. Yes. And if you read any of the first three, if you put Girls Just Want to Have Fun movie review, yeah. then any of the first three pages on Google that you read, they're going to be, this is actually amazing. And some people also say, I wanted to hate this, but I can't. It's incredible. And it is joyous and the bad bits, you just forgive. 
You forgive. If they're there at all. <laughs> oh, they're there. They're there. They're there. Um, There's also, I know you would hate to hear any trivia about it. Oh, you're right. I hate trivia. The producers, because I am in real- Actually, I love trivia. For example, do you know that trivia is the name of the Roman <laughs> god of crossroads? <laughs> um, no, because tri means three and via means roads, mm-hmm. where three yeah, roads yeah, meet. That's it's awesome. trivia. It's yeah. amazing. Yep. The producers of the movie, because because I'm I work in music copyright as my day job. Whoa, Hollywood, slow right, down there. I know, Some I know. of us are just regular people. And this movie could not get. They could clear the publishing rights, but they couldn't get the rights to Sid- Cindy Lauper's recording of "Girls Just Want to Have Fun." Oh, so it's I not assumed... the original. It's an upbeat '80s oh. electric drum. I assume this cover. was like like Transformers the movie, where it was like, um, no. "We're going to make this movie." To oh, sell from Cindy these... Lauper's song "Transformers." No, I did not know. Right. I just thought, it, okay, good. I genuinely was like, what? <laughs> i got to hear this track. No, I thought it was like they invented this movie to sell this product and the product was the single. As so often happens, producers, they don't think of clearing the music rights until an afterthought. And what, Cindy Lauper saw the movie and was like, no. I don't it's a, know. It's a well, hard pass from the Lorp. For whatever reason, record company said no. So, let's go to the... Do 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 uh, Electric drum version, upbeat thing for the audition mo- montage. And I have to say that two of the auditioners that do make the finals are female twins. Which, in a way, I am a female twin. To you, yeah. yeah, and an ex dancer. Do you often find yourself just in normal social situations where no one's seen the movie, but you just quote it? Definitely. What are some like good examples? My favourite from Girls Just Want to Have Fun is I'm not dancing with you until you calm down. So you wouldn't say that on a dance floor? No, but if someone's getting really, really excited or angry and you want to diffuse the situation or calm them down. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm I'm cooking a a, a beef wellington and the smoke's coming out of the oven. I'm like, ah, where's my oven mitt? Where's my oven mitt? Hey, I'm not dancing with you until you calm down. And the response to that is not everyone has to warm up, Janie. Not everyone has to warm up, Janie. Yes. And then we go, eh. No, no. But then Janie goes, yes, they do. <laughs> it's amazing. So, yeah. One of the... I don't want to spoil an amazing... Because everyone that listens to this is going to watch it immediately, I expect. You know what? Maybe not everyone, but I do reckon you will get people. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I'm not... I, 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 I'm sure a lot of people go, that's absolutely fascinating. But there will definitely be people who, like, next time, like, I know my friends do, like, bad movie night. I'm so sorry to use that adjective. No. But, We like, do WAMC, which is wine and movie club, where you have yeah. to drink wine to get through the movies. Oh, I mean, we just take, we just call it MC and the wine is, Yeah. Know, but those people will go, why implied. are we watching this on a bad movie night? This is incredible. Exactly. But there is a <laughs> 38% game. 38% on Rotten Tomatoes? Who cares about that? <laughs> yeah, I did a, a little bit yeah, of research. Yeah, you did. Yeah. They just don't understand. There's a game that Drew, nerdy best friend, plays that results in him feeling people up that's called Tune In Tokyo. And I must admit, that is also a quote that I use fairly frequently. <laughs> when you're feeling people up? No. <laughs> when other people are 
I used it a bit in the Weinstein scandal. <laughs> Harvey? Oh. Yeah, tune in Tokyo. Um, okay, so what is like your dream is that people will hear this podcast and embrace this movie as their own or... I want them I- to understand. I want to share it. Like I don't usually, if I like something relatively esoteric, I... I'm one of those wankers that wants to just keep it to myself and not Ah. share. Um, But this, there is so much joy to be had. And everyone I know that's seen it knows the lines. Do you have to approach it with a certain mindset? No. You You can just go in open. I mean, it's good to know things like the guy that's under the table is Robert Downey Jr. You can always pause and go... And that man grew up to be Iron Man. Yes. Um, Iron Man. But like, you know, when you like show someone something that means a lot to you and you're like, love this like you love me. <laughs> like, I'm okay when people don't because there are two kinds of people. There are people who like, nay, love, girls just want to have fun. And then there are people who well, don't understand and life. And yeah, to die. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's fine. And you know they'll they'll go through life a certain way. All right. Well, I am kind of glad that I didn't watch it before talking to you because if I had and I didn't like it. But do you think you're going to? Well, um, look, it's 87 minutes of my life, and it's got Helen Hunt and SJP. Yes. So. I mean, you can't argue with that. And Robert Downey Jr. under a table. I know, because I, I need your opinion at some point. Uh, all right. Thank I'll you. give it to you. But um, I'm sure, right, you'll definitely get people who will respond to this podcast and be like, oh, my God, finally. Yes. Yeah. Is that your aim or your <laughs> was that your ulterior motive? I don't- Just to find more people to add to the club? I don't have a name. I just think it needs documenting as the incredible thing it is. There's lots and lots of articles from the last five to ten years about it. Because it's had some sort of BuzzFeed revival? No, because it was like the 30 year... Two years ago, it was 30 years since it came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, there were lots of things saying, okay, I'm going to finally watch it. Or, okay, I'm going to watch it for the first time since then. And they are glowing. Glowing reports. All right. So, it's not even a matter of sharing. It's just... Maybe it's like the... Do um, yourself a favour. Like the novels of F. Scott Fitzgerald. Like it wasn't appreciated it at the time. It is exactly or... like that, Dan. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll check it out and then I'll say check yes. it out. Yeah. All right. Yes. Totally Obsessed with Dan DeBooth is pretty much made entirely by me, Dan DeBooth, except for the music, which is by Caleb Garfinkel, and the artwork, which is by David Ferrier and Joe Kutri. <laughs>